Hey, this is Sharon Srivatsa. Welcome back to the Business School Podcast. And in this episode, I'm going to tell you about why you get objections. So if you sell anything, if you promote anything, if you're evangelizing for a cause in any way, you probably get some kind of objections, resistance. I'm going to walk you through the three big reasons why we get resistance in sales or promotion overall. I'm actually also going to tell you how to fix it. So why you get objections, the three-step process, and the reasons to fix it all starts right now. One thing is for certain, just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now. So the big question is this, where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how-to, how to grow your business, how to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Srivatsa, and welcome to Business School. All right, in this episode, I'm going to break down for you the three big reasons why we get resistance on sales, selling in the broader idea of a product, a service, or even evangelizing and promoting a cause, why you generally get objections. This is not going to be based on price or time or any of the, quote, hardcore sales objections that you learn. I actually will tell you this. If you can solve these three objections or these three big reasons, all the smaller stuff will be completely irrelevant. If you can just fix these, all the smaller stuff will be completely irrelevant. I wish we were taught these before we were taught the tactical stuff. But the problem is, I'm being really honest with you, we are so attuned to the how-to. We are so attuned to the tactical stuff. We want to see an Instagram video or a Facebook script, and we're like, oh, yeah. If the prospect says, oh, Sharon, I need to think about it, we just want to memorize a script to answer that question because we don't know how to answer that question at that time. But instead, how how amazing would it be if the prospect never actually even ever said, I need to think about it. That's how you need to think about it. That's how you want to chunk up. That's how we want to go one level macro. So in this episode, I'm not going to give you a script because you fundamentally don't need one. If you solve these three things that I'm going to tell you about today, you will have the fewest, fewest objections being thrown at you in any in any form of a sales process or a, or a, or a you know, kind of sales encounter and won't get any resistance whether you're marketing a product, a service, or a cause. May it be online, may it be on social, or may it be offline in a traditional way. Just doing and managing these three things will change your life forever, all right? I'm living proof of it, so please let me walk you through it and give you some sense around it. So I'm going to talk about three big ideas today. Number one, I'm going to talk about a brand challenge. Number two, I'm going to talk about the presentation challenge. And number three, I'm going to talk about the client challenge, all right? A brand challenge, a presentation challenge, and a client challenge. So um, I should probably tell you how all of this uh, came, came about. And this was a really fascinating thing that I want to walk you through. So after business school, I worked, I worked on Wall Street at Goldman Sachs and if, if you are familiar with the investment banking, merchant banking world, you know that it is uh, almost impossible to get a, uh, get a position at Goldman Sachs, let alone a post-MBA. My MBA class had 31 total candidates in it from around the world in all the business schools, which is kind of wild if you think about it. So I had 39 individual one-on-one interviews 
to get the job at Goldman. I, I, when I say 39, I mean 39 individual pre-scheduled one-on-one interviews in multiple parts of the country to get the job at Goldman. This was not including phone calls and interviews. It was not including lunches and dinners. It was not including informational interviews. It was not including any of that. If I added all of those up, I probably had at least 100 interactions with the business to actually get the acceptance, right? After we got the job, here's the crazy part. After we got the job, um, they put us through close to seven months, six plus six to seven months of training in day in and day out. Like we lived in, the, all the MBA candidates came together, lived in New York City, and we went through training. And they spent roughly a million dollars in training per person. Like they were, they were paying all of us to go through training with world-class uh, training experts. And they spent a, roughly a million dollars in training each one of us. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget the managing partner or the CEO of Goldman at that time was Lloyd Blankfein. And he came to hang out with us, uh, to share ideas, speak to us, et cetera. And he said something pretty amazing. He said, that uh, y'all have to understand something. He said, brand will win 50% of the battle. You just have to do the rest, so take responsibility. Think about this for a second. He said, brand will win 50% of the battle. You just have to take, handle the rest. And I, I wondered what that meant. And he's like, we've built the Goldman brand so that when you walk into a boardroom, talking to a CEO, you have already won 50% of the time. You just have to win the other 50%. This is not a gimme. You still have to work on the skill. You still have to work on the presentation. You still have to work on the client, but the brand will help you win 50% of the time, which is really wild, right? So that brings me to uh, three big ideas that I shared with you today. Number one, the brand challenge. Number two, the presentation challenge. And number three, the client challenge. Let me take you through each one of them, which I think will dramatically help you. Uh, by the way, I'm going to condense like a, a four-hour workshop into the next like 10 minutes so that you get all the key ideas right away. All right, so the first one is this. When you talk about the brand challenge, I'll tell you straight up, the number one reason why a lot of us get objections in no specific order is your brand is just not big enough. i say it again. Your brand is just not big enough. A lot of times people think that it's about what we do. And so they put a lot of like what, how-to content out. Recently, I was talking to a uh, you know, a very prominent real estate leader. And he was like, hey, Sharon, I'm starting to get paid to speak at events. And I'm like, well, it's not about what you do. Your skill hasn't changed in the last three to four years. What's changed? Who you are has changed. More content, more expertise, more positioning, uh, m- more, more recognition, uh, bigger podcast, bigger platform, bigger video channel. Why? Because if your brand is not big enough, you automatically get a resistance. So if you got a call from XYZ Investment Bank and you got a call from Goldman Sachs, which call are you guaranteed to take? You're guaranteed to take the Goldman call. Whether you like it or not, whether you like Wall Street or not, you, you know, I, I actually have had public company CEOs who I've advised tell me, hey, I just chose Goldman because I could, you know, I, no one can ever blame me because I went, I could have never, no one can blame me that I went with Goldman. It's wild if you think about it, right? And I actually worked at another firm. I worked at Credit Suisse. It's very similar. Number one Swiss bank in the world, right? If your brand is not big enough, it, 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 the objection, all the objections start to stack. The reason is also, the number one reason is that the brand is entirely based on the assumption that you can already get a result. 
So let's take that one step further, right? The assumption that you can already get a result. That's how you build a brand. If you, every time you position something, you promote something, you create an idea, you create an identity, the bigger the brand is there's an assumption that you can already get the result. That makes people feel safe. The, the number one problem I have when I talk to entrepreneurs around the world, even the entrepreneurs in our portfolio companies at Highland Prime, is that they're like, well, Sean, I don't really want to promote myself because, you know, I want my, I want my work to talk for itself. I want my work to promote itself. I think that if I actually uh, had, you know, if I, if I showcased how attractive I was or showcased how smart I was or showcased my family, that would detract from my capability. No. Brand is the fact that they assume that you can get them the result. The bigger you're, the brand, they automatically assume that you can get them the result. In fact, they, here's what people will say. Oh, the company is so big, they'll just hire the right people to get, get you the result. Oh, the company is so big, they probably already have a big team. People just assume that if your brand is big enough, they just assume that you have the team to get the result. If tomorrow, Microsoft wanted to get into the paper bag business, Microsoft, as in the technology company, wanted to get into the paper bag business, I'm just making it up, they would just, everyone would be like, oh, that's really interesting. I wonder why they're doing it. They're Microsoft. They have a big brand. They probably don't have any expertise, but they probably are going to build a big team. They're going to get the expertise to get the result. Why? They already assume that you can get the result. That's why the brand association is transferable. People don't think it is, but it, it dramatically is. The bigger your brand, the more you can do everything. Why do influencers promote other people's stuff and get paid? Because they're like, oh, if this influencer, if Sharon the influencer is partnered with XYZ company, they just assume that that company is good. Now, it's, my, it's my responsibility as Sharon to make sure that that association is right because if I break my audience trust, I break it. But when it's true, which I know that you have a high integrity, it's true. You can already assume that you can get the result, right? Here's the last part. Your brand is not big enough if you're just not omnipresent. Now, I'm, I'm explaining this in a very raw way. In today's world of everything phone, on your phone, smartphone, being omnipresent is a requirement, not a convenience, not a nice to have. And what I mean by that is we don't know what channel our clients, our customers, our prospects uh, favor, right? For example, my wife, who is a way smarter than I am, an amazing business professional, great leader, she right now is not actively looking on LinkedIn. So if she found a brand, she's going to look, look them up on Instagram. However, if I were going to look up something, I'd probably look at their website. If you were going to look up something, you'd probably look them up on YouTube. We have no idea where people will look for you, where people will search for you, where people will find you. People are starting to use social media platforms as a search engine. I know I have several influencers that I advise and mentor and partner with who don't have a website. Let me explain. I have several influencers with, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 million plus reach, which I'm telling you right now is significantly bigger than yours, who, who don't have a website, right? Why? Because they've realized this game of omnipresence. You have to be everywhere. There is no choice. You have to make content. There is no choice. You have to have a platform. There is no choice. You have to have a YouTube channel. There is no choice. If you think you can just run ads on Facebook and get leads and have that convert, you it will work now, but it is no different than you being a slave to one channel. As soon as that algorithm changes, you are done. Brand, if your brand is not big enough, you will get a lot of resistance in sales. So number one, it's about who you are, not just what you do. Number two, 
So the bigger the brand, they will already assume that you can get a result. And number three, when they look you up, you need to be omnipresent. And omnipresence is a requirement in today's world. I would reduce ad spend and I would get omnipresence. Omnipresence is a lot easier to build than you think, but the faster you build it, the faster you will get credibility, the faster you will get less sales resistance because brand being not big enough is the number one reason. I actually was talking to a um, a real estate agent, which I think uh, you, you'll really appreciate. And this is an example that works across the board. Uh, and I only say real estate agent because it, it, it's understandable for most people. There are multiple real estate TV shows like, uh, you know, the million, uh, million dollar agent and, uh, you know, et cetera, right? The big TV shows. And the agents featured on them get a ton, a ton of, uh, a ton of notoriety, a ton of celebrity. It, I'm not saying they're good or bad. I don't know so many of them personally, but I'm going to wager that there, there is an agent in my, in my local neighborhood who probably has better skill sets and capabilities than that agent on TV. I'm going to wager that, right? So there's a lot of people that just get resentful that, oh my gosh, here's this guy on TV. He's terrible. He's not a good agent. He's unethical, blah, blah, blah. But nobody cares because the brand is too big, right? The, when the brand is big enough, they, they, they look up to you for who you are, right? They already know that you can get a result because your brand will not be big that big otherwise. And then they look you up and you're omnipresent. So what they just assume that you can get them the result. That's why a lot of these people get, get more business shown, thrown their way because then they can figure out, they can hire the team. They can do all of that. If you just upped your omnipresent status, you will win so big. Number one reason why you get objections. And like, by the way, if a, a million dollar agent TV star walked into your living room and wanted to list your home, are you going to doubt what that person is going to say? No. Are you, if you have five or 10 tough questions you were going to ask them, you're only going to ask three or four because you're just going to assume that they know the rest. If your brand is not big enough, you will get more objections. All right. Here's number two. Your presentation is just not good enough. Your presentation is just not good enough. Interestingly, I will tell you this. Most salespeople today that actually walk into boardrooms, walk into living rooms, walk into offices, walk and have never actually had someone critique their appointment, critique uh, or critique or review or or, or look over their shoulder and give them some feedback on how, how they sell, will never improve, right? Will never improve. I, I actually know real estate agents, mortgage brokers, insurance breakouts, coaches and consultants who never had their sales presentation ever audited. I'm going to wager they suck, right? Because they were taught that either by themselves or by someone else who was terrible. And they wonder why their conversion is bad. Here are a couple of things that I'll give you when it comes to your presentation not being good enough, right? Um, here, I'll give you a fun story. I actually was uh, teaching tennis and I was at the tennis consulting firm. Um, here's what they did. The, the, the trainer in this program essentially told me, he's like, hey, Sharon, for you to be able to teach celebrities, CEOs, et cetera, before you even take a penny of a paid teaching lesson. By the way, I was a professional tennis player, played on the pro tennis store. I know what's up, right? But I was never taught how to, ta- how to teach. He said, I want you to do 100 unpaid lessons where you have someone else like me or somebody else who's really good critique you. Can you imagine this? I did 100 unpaid lessons where I had somebody else critique me. No one's ever done that. Now, I would have never done that either because I got over it after a while, but I got so much great feedback that right now I can walk by a park and rec tennis court. I can see somebody hit a serve and I can fix your, I can fix your serve instantly. There was this guy, there's a guy who's a great coach. His name is Dan Avershaw. Dan taught so much about tennis that I can never repay him. He's a super cool guy, lives in Palm Springs, California. Literally, Dan told me, 
like I was in Dubai with Dan and he's like, man, you like, you have no idea how to teach this stuff. You're a good player, but you have no idea how to teach this. Watch me teach the lesson. Right. And then I watched him teach it about how to hit a backhand volley. Right. And then I taught three, four, five of those and he critiqued me over and over. Now I get so good at it. Now, will I ever be as good as Dan? No. But am I much better than what I was? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So talk about presentation not being good enough. I'm going to give you three things. Number one, your your sale, your um, unique value proposition just needs to be ultra clear. Meaning, if you don't have some version of an only statement, you're going to lose. If you can't say, hey, we are the only company in Southern California that can get you blank. We are the only insurance company that can do blank for you. We're the only you know coaching business that allows you to get blank result. We're the only um, store that sells blank anchovies on your pizza, whatever. If your USP is not ultra clear, your presentation is not good enough. You, there needs to be some version of an only statement because otherwise it does not set you apart from the competitors. The only We are the only blank is a very, very important, and you can niche down to get it, but you have to be able to say we are the only blank. Number two, you need to be able to do a 15-minute, a 5-minute, a 15-minute, 30-minute, 45-minute, any time version of your presentation with or without aids, slides, etc. You should be able to do it on the phone, on audio, on Zoom, in live, on paper, at a Starbucks. If your presentation cannot be modified to fit any medium, it's just not good enough. And you need to be able to do it short. You need to be able to do it long. You need to be able to do it longer, demonstration, all of it. Because if you don't have a 15, 30, 45 minute and 60 percent, if you don't have each of those, then you're going to you're going to lose. And I'll tell you how to do each of those. Here's how you do each of those. You need to have a framework for how you present. A framework is, for example, if you say, hey, um, there's three things that you need to build and grow your business. You need to uh, attract new people into your world. Number one, attract. Number two, you need to convert them to work with you. Number three, you need to influence them to actually uh, do more business with you, stay with you, get them good results. Attract, convert, influence. Great. So now in a 15-minute version, you would go through the attract, convert, influence model in a very tight way. In a 30-minute, you would do attract, convert, influence, and you'd pick one of those and you'd break it apart. In a 60-minute model, you would go attract, break it down, convert, break it down, influence, break it down, and then you would actually tell them where their issues were, right? If you don't have a framework, you can't actually go shorter, medium, or longer because you're going to like try to pick apart what you think is important, but it will always be wrong because you don't know better than the consumer. That's why you get objections. But here's the last most important part of why you get objections uh, when it comes to your presentation. If your client cannot repitch or reteach what you just told them, then your presentation is not good enough. I say it again. If your client cannot or your prospect cannot repitch or reteach what you told them, then your presentation is not good enough. Means they understood it, but they didn't understand it viscerally enough where they could explain it to somebody else. And since they cannot explain it to somebody else, they can't sell themselves on it. And since they can't sell themselves on it, they put up a wall of resistance. Really simple. The client or the prospect should be able to reteach or repitch your value prop. If they can't do that, your presentation is not good enough. All right? We talked about your brand not brand is not big enough. Number one, your presentation is not good enough. Number two, last but not least, your client just doesn't know how to decide. It's very common. If your client just doesn't know how to decide, most of the time, if your client's buying a car, they just don't know how to decide. They're just looking at what, you know, oh, my friend's driving a Porsche, Sharon's driving a Tesla. Oh, should I get one too? And they have these weird emotional things in their head. Or should I pick this real estate agent or that real estate agent? Should I pick this insurance broker or that insurance broker? Should I pick this coach or that coach? Should I pick, you know, this, this X or that Y? They don't know, right? Most people, if they knew, they would have already made their decision. 
most clients don't know how to decide. They don't know how to decide and they don't know how to make a good decision, which is why you have to use these words. Hey, Mr. Mrs. Client, I'd like you to make an informed and intelligent decision. I'd like you to make an informed because no one wants to make an uninformed decision and an intelligent. No one wants to make a dumb decision. And for that, I'd love to show you our framework on how you make decisions. There are three things important to, to be able to get X result. There's attract where you get people in your world. There's convert where you get them to raise their hand and work with you. And there's influence where you get them to do the thing that you tell them to do so they can pay you more money. Right. So now you give them you, you have to transfer the framework for how you do your job into the how they make decisions, because now they will take that framework and they will overlay it as a diagnostic on everyone else that pitches to them. Of course, everyone else's product or service is going to suck compared to yours because your framework actually sells your stuff really well. Even though someone else's stuff is great, it doesn't matter because your framework will not let them sell their stuff well, right? So when they uh, overlay your framework on someone else's stuff, it will break. Their stuff will look not as good and it'll make you look better. That's why you, we need to use a framework to help our clients make decisions and help us sell our stuff because then our clients will start to use our framework for their diagnostic. As soon as you give your framework to your prospects as a diagnostic, they will use that diagnostic to make all their decisions. And the only person that would actually look good is that diagnostic, that model for you. And therefore, you naturally win more and you get less objections, right? So very, very high level. There's three reasons why you get a lot of objections. Number one, your brand is not big enough. Number two, your presentation is not good enough. And number three, your client doesn't know how to decide. Therefore, the framework for how they actually diagnose how to decide is really important. That should be a part of your framework. Uh, fundamentally, I, the reason I'm sharing this with you is this is what I do with a lot of our uh, partner companies, right? Our partner companies, uh, I, you may be wondering what, what does that mean and how my partner in multiple companies. That is, that is what we do. We partner with companies to help them grow and triple their business and get them ready for an exit. That's essentially our jam. So if you and our, we don't do it with everybody. If you had to be doing three million or more in annual revenue, we may be a we may be a good fit based on a lot of things. So go to HighlandPrime.com. That's our business. Highland, H-I-G-H-L-A-N-D, just how it's pronounced. HighlandPrime.com, and check out the various testimonials or what people have what we have done with folks, and they'll you can see the stories and see if it's a, it's a good fit for you. Uh, it's a cool process because we get to be minority partners in your business to help you triple your business so you can get ready for an exit. That is the entire value. And the reason I'm sharing this is because this is exactly what we do with a lot of our partner companies. We get them to build a brand so that the problem is not your brand is not big enough. We got to help them build a better presentation of selling stuff because sometimes the presentation is just not good enough. And the third, we give them a framework for actually selling more stuff so the client can actually use that diagnostic to evaluate all the other competitors and naturally the competitors won't match up because it's our diagnostic, so we win, right? So the, my question for you is this. You can't do it all. You can't do it all yourself, but you definitely can't do it all. So which one can you work on right now? What is the biggest upgrade that you can make right now? Ask your question, is your brand big enough? Or is your presentation good enough? Or ask can you give your clients a better way to decide that makes it an unfair advantage for you, right? Three big reasons why we get resistance in sales. Number one, your brand is not big enough. Number two, your presentation is not good enough. And number three, the client does not know how to decide. If you can solve these three, like 80% of your uh, sales resistance, sales objections would go away. And you'll just win so much more for free with so much ease that it will blow your mind as to how much money you can print. Cool. Awesome. Uh, before you go, I have two options for you. Option number one, 
if your business is doing uh, three million or more in annual revenue and you're curious about how we partner with companies, go to highlandprime.com, highlandprime.com. If uh, this was interesting to you, option number two is just literally, please, right now, on your phone, go to Instagram, uh, find me, hit me a direct message and say, hey, man, that objections episode was pretty cool. That way I know this actually benefited you so I can do more with it, right? I can do more for you. I enjoyed making this. I hope you enjoyed listening to this. I want to do more that actually is helpful to you. So go ahead and do that, and I'll catch you on the next one. Hey, Sharon, I have a cool gift for you. I took some of my best ideas from the last 20 years and created a five-day MBA. It's quick and action-packed that you can listen to on the go, just like this podcast. And I want to give it to you for free, just as a thank you for listening to the show. No fluff, no gimmicks, just pure actionable ideas for you to use instantly. You can grab it right now at businessschoolshow.com. That's businessschoolshow.com. Dot com.